Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Today we'll partner with Debunked, which dispels myths about the opioid crisis and harm reduction, for a conversation with Valentina Sarich, member of the Ute Tribe and Program Coordinator for the Tribal and Rural Opioid Initiative Resource Center with USU Extension Roosevelt Office. Her passion is to inspire indigenous and rural communities to create art as a form of healthy healing. We're also talking with Larry Sespuch, Ute filmmaker, storyteller, and spiritual leader who uses all forms of media to tell his stories, film, music, and lecture. I'll mention here that Debunked was created by the Utah State University Office of Health Equity and Community Engagement and and the Tribal and Rural Opioid Initiative, which are housed in the USU M. Eccles uh, College, uh, Jones College of uh, Education and Human Services, Department of Kinesiology and Health Science, and USU Extension. The program is made possible by SAMHSA, Utah Public Radio, and Community Partners. We bring in now uh, Valentina Sarich. Welcome to the program. Hi. Well, um, thank you. Yes, thank you. Good, good, good to morning, have you. everyone. Good to have you with us. Uh, we also bring in Larry Sespuch. Thank you for joining us. Mike, good morning out there. Good morning. Um, so I want to start with you, Valentina Sarich. Am I pronouncing your name correctly? You are. You uh, are. Uh, okay, great. Uh, tell me just a little bit about yourself. Uh, you, you're, uh, you got degrees in art, for one thing. Yes, I uh, have a bachelor's in fine arts with the Institute of Native American Arts in Santa Fe and a master's in fine arts and MFA at, uh, from the Savannah College of Art and Design in Savannah, Georgia. And, um, yeah, and I'm a practicing artist uh, today, currently. Uh, I work in bead, uh, bead formats um, of different type of art, uh, photography, and painting. Wonderful. And uh, I'm reading here you support, you've uh, you've spent years supporting tribal organizations with marketing and business, so kind of a, you know, side projects or other skills, right? But uh, that your passion is to inspire indigenous rural communities to create art as a form of healthy healing. So we'll talk a bit about that as we go along today. Uh, So Larry Sespuch, am I pronouncing your name correctly? Yes, you are. Uh, Um, My name means uh, white belly in our language. Uh, my great-grandpa had a, a big white birthmark on his tummy, so that was his name, and that's been passed down through generations. And to my knowledge, none of us uh, have that birthmark. Uh, just just him, yeah. That's <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. But it, but it shows up in the name. Um, Correct. So uh, you uh, you served in Vietnam, I understand, and uh, uh, tell us about your, your degrees. Uh, yeah, I have um, an, a degree... It's from the Institute of American Indian Arts. Uh, that's where I pretty much found out about filmmaking. I uh, was a radioman in Vietnam, and so that got me introduced to the technical end of things. And so when I got to the art school, I couldn't see myself doing um, art because you can't do what you like to do. You have to do what will sell. And so I switched my major over to communications. There was a film crew I seen outside of uh, one of the art studios uh, filming some exercise, and the sound man had headsets on his head, and it seemed like something that uh, I could do and uh, got into it and uh, found out the power of film, so went on to the Anthropology Film Center, uh, also there in Santa Fe, and uh, got my bachelor's. So um, 
Yeah, I returned home after that and established uh, one of the first uh, production uh, groups in the uh, lower states. And uh, um, so that's pretty much it. been doing film and uh, uh, presenting stories throughout my life. And uh, I understand your, uh, your production company is called Through Native Eyes Productions. Correct. Yes. Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll have a link to that on our our website when this is uh, posted later today. Um, so, uh, by the way, uh, just parenthetically, you you list your last or latest film project as Fort Duchesne Orb. Right. That yeah <laughs> sounds one of, really one interesting. Of the things that uh, well, we have uh, what's called uh, the Skinwalker Ranch, which uh, was dubbed by uh, non-Indians who come here and and uh, tried to create a whole series around it. But that ranch has been here, always been here, and our people have always observed different things coming through. There's a portal there to the universe, and many things come through there, both good and bad. So um, I wanted to tell some of those stories that uh, uh, some of our tribal members uh, have observed and are willing to speak about. And so that was about a an arb that happened to myself and another friend when we were in junior high, and uh, that kind of introduced me to a lot of other experiences I've had throughout my life. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, and you can find a, lo- a lot of those at uh, that website through Native Eyes uh, Productions. Um, so let me right. turn uh, turn back to uh, Valentina Sarich. Uh, tell me what uh, what the Tribal and Rural Opioid Initiative is. Well, the Tribal and Rural Opiate Initiative uh, Resource Center, is, our mission is to address the opiate crisis plagued on tribal communities and rural communities, um, providing community members with evidence-based education about opiates and opiate substance abuse, prevention and treatment resource, um, an opportunity to create uh, classroom activities and promote healthy communities. It's a really good program. It's a grant program that's been here for um, probably going on its fifth year. Um, and, and uh, you know, this is a problem all over. A, a problem including there in in your area. Yes. Uh, so we're considered rural area um, and tribal, well, tribal communities too, because we're right next door to a tribal a tribal community. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty um, bad everywhere. I can't just say it's at one location, but. It's pretty bad all over our, our our states and our you know over the United States and and predominantly well we can just notice that there's a lot happening in in tribal communities as well. Yeah. Uh, so you're a program coordinator. What do you what do you do there? What what's what's your job? So as a program coordinator, um, I just make sure that we have uh, definitely create. Uh, evidence based uh, c- uh, community classroom activities. I go out and to the different communities and set up naloxone trainings, and this is actually um, harm reduction um, trainings. Um, I also am uh, the chair for the summit this year, so we're planning a large summit, uh, 2022 Intertribal Opiate Summit Wellness Summit, and that will be in June 22nd to the 24th of this year. Um, So, yeah, very, very busy, but it is very uh, rewarding. I'm seeing that a lot of things that we put together here at our community classroom is really have an effect on our community members. Um, you know, we're just 
able to reconnect um, this year on a different level than we were able to these past years because of COVID. So the response of community and gathering is really, really, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of people come to our our community events because of that uh, connection and wanting to reconnect back with their community. So I'm really happy that we're having a lot of good um, engagement this year. Hmm. One of the big things we want to talk about this hour is um, a project uh, for, for creating art for healthy healing. Um, just give me an overview of this, and we'll get into some of the details as we go along. Okay, so um, so I created the Art Heal and Create. It is a it was a concept that I utilized and used the the Troy that's the acronym for uh, the Tribal and uh, Rural and Opiate Initiative Troy logo. So um, the Troy logo is a medicine wheel design. So the medicine wheel, if you didn't know, holds significant roles in Native American healing and recovery. Um, the idea is to balance at the center of the wheel and develop it. So by developing your mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical wellness, um, I always encourage uh, participants to think about each of those quadrants and how it connects into their own healing and into the art projects that I uh, develop for monthly. And um, and then we talk about it. We definitely talk about it at the very end of our meeting, I mean, our 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 session. Um, and, um, and I get really interesting statements back. Um, it really affects them a lot in terms of their healing or either grief. Grief is a big one um, since a lot of our family members have lost um, family members to COVID. So... It's really a great, a good program. Um, the first pro, the first project that I ever did when I first was hired with the, um, with the, with Troy was called Beating is Healing. So Beating with Healing was an online activity. It was virtual. So we wanted people, uh, so we created a medicine wheel design. We, we, uh, we put that on, on social media on our, our community page. And we asked um, participants to register, and they got a free beading packet. So that came with the four different colors, so black, red, yellow, and white. And we gave them a kit, beading kits, and then we asked them to complete the beading project and then send photos, submit it on our page, and then a statement of why you why you um, why you beat it or why you use these different colors why you use these different designs and that was really really well with received we had like over 50 participants and this was all over different states um, I send beating kits up to Washington to New Mexico and to Colorado so it was a very good successful event yeah it sounds like it uh, any anything stand out to you your comments that you received back or you know people who were especially grateful for the that, that healing process from that particular beating is healing activity. Yeah, um, I don't have it with me right now. I should have had a statement put up, put up but I did get something back from an elder. Uh, her name is Ginger Ridley. Um, she kind of just was given us more of a, uh, a detail or more of a, I guess, more of a meaning of the of the medicine wheel, and of course, spirituality and how it connects us all together as relatives and. There are those colors are especially healing, and she wanted to utilize these different this color, and to think about her own family and how they're healing in 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 many different ways of 
you know, of uh, trauma. And like I said, grief is a big one. Um, so it was really, it was really good. I, I was really glad that we did get some elders. And she was one that, uh, that I think they used, uh, I think the, um, this program used in one of the impact statements that we did for the, for the grant. Mm, very good. We'll talk about some of the other projects you're involved with as we go along. I want to turn back to Larry Sespooch. We'll back up just a little bit. Uh, I want to have you, uh, Larry Sespooch, tell me a bit uh, about the medicine wheel. We'll go a little more in depth about medicine wheel. Sure. When the creator uh, creates life, uh, uh, creator is not only male but female and animal. So when creator creates life, uh, it takes earth and water, Mother Earth and water, and combines those and blesses us with what we need to accomplish our mission here. Everything it created has a purpose, and so everything also has uh, that uh, medicine wheel aspect to it. And so you have mind, body, spirit, and... Uh, um, so that's why it's recognized pretty much all through Indian country. And uh, using those uh, different elements, uh, uh, I think a lot of the reason why we have so much um, abuse is that uh, our younger people or people have gotten off the path from our traditional ways. And so uh, it's easy to find something to deaden that pain. And so they turn to the easiest things that are available. And that's just one of the things that's um, available nowadays that uh, will will take care of that pain. Mm. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about the the youth creation story. Sure. Uh, In the youth creation story, uh, the creator made the heavens, uh, and then created Mother Earth, and then created all the animal people, and was about to create human beings, and uh, started gathering twigs of all the different trees, and went around the world gathering those twigs, and got a little tired, and all the time he was doing this, Coyote was watching him, Coyote is the trickster, and was watching Creator, our word in Ute is Sanoib for the Creator. And Sanoib got tired and put his bag down, and uh, uh, Coyote Yagovich was very curious what was in the bag. So he sneaks over to the bag, and he sniffs the bag, and when he does, the bag begins to move, and he hears all kinds of noises and voices And so now he's really curious. And so he has a stone knife that he cuts the bag with. And anybody who stepped on an anthill knows what comes next. And all of the people started coming out of the bag. And there were so many speaking all different languages. And they were different colors. And Yagovich freaks out and he runs away. So Sonoib comes back and he sees that his bag is empty. And he knew who had done what to the bag. So he reaches inside the bag and finds just the youth people left. And he says, uh, you will be Nuchu, which is our name for the people. You will be Nuchu, and we get Chichige. You'll be strong and be able to defeat all the rest. And so I'm going to put you high up in the mountaintops uh, 
of the Rocky Mountains in Colorado, high in the Uena Mountains here in Utah, and high in the Wasatch Mountains there on the front. And that's how we became mountain people. Hmm. And you, you said earlier you, you feel like uh, some of the young people are, I guess, distanced from these traditions and from this balance, and that's that's perhaps why they, they try to fill that emptiness with, in some cases, uh, opioids and other things. Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah, we find that quite a bit. Uh, I think uh, even with our language, we're losing some of our nuopaga, our youth language, because uh, um, they're not learning those things. Perhaps uh, some of it's the family, uh, but uh, I think mostly you have to want something to to get it. And so uh, you want to know about your culture. You have to participate. It's not something that just comes to you by ways of you being native. Um, Some of those we call apples because they're red on the outside, but uh, white on the inside, meaning that they're just like the general public. They're, They're no, there's they don't have that tradition and language inside to be able to help them through life's um, trials and tribulations. Well, let's, uh, we're, we're due for a break. Let's take a break here. I want to come back. I want to hear from Valentina Sarich on a couple of more of her projects. Um, and uh, we'll hear more from Larry Sespuch as well, uh, Four Stages of Life and some other things related to these the, the uh, medicine wheel. Uh, we are talking with uh, Valentina Sarich, who's a member of the U Tribe and uh, program coordinator for Tribal and Rural Opioid Initiative Resource Center with USU Extension Roosevelt Office, and Larry Sespuch, who's a youth filmmaker, storyteller, and spiritual leader. And we'll have more following this. You're listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We're partnering today with Debunked, which dispels myths about the opioid crisis and harm reduction. We're in conversation with Valentina Sarich, member of the Ute Tribe Program Coordinator for the Tribal and Rural Opioid Initiative Resource Center, <clears throat> excuse me, with USU Extension Roosevelt Office, and with Larry Sespuch, Ute filmmaker, storyteller, and uh, spiritual uh, leader. Um, and you can uh, find uh, more about his productions at through nativeeyes.net, uh, through nativeeyes.net, through Native Eyes uh, Productions. Um, so let me start this sec- section of the program with uh, Valentina Sarich. Uh, we were, were talking about uh, your project, series of projects called Art Plus Heal Plus Create, creating art for healthy healing, right? Um, so you t- told us about beating is healing. Uh, maybe tell us about the, the vision board uh, project. Oh, okay. The vision board, um, we have been, uh, so understanding the elements of indigenous spiritual, uh, including understanding the roles of nature, objects and colors and stories, sacred objects. So we had them create their own vision board. Um, we had different participants actually cut out, uh, different, uh, photographs from magazines. They actually drew on their, uh, medicine wheel that they've created. And they've added things on there that was specifically to their healing, uh, to their process of, uh, of how they think about um, where they're going to go in these next steps of, uh, of life. Um, we wanted them to definitely, of course, use the newspapers and um, papers. Uh, the object was that it was time to reflect 
about their vision and where they're going in their future. Um, we had quite a few participants um, on that night. Uh, we had a couple of staff members from the Union and Tribe Alcohol Substance Abuse Program called ASAP, and that was Felicita Bullsbear. She's the director, and then Rebecca, who's the counselor. Um, so, and of course, we had community members. So that was a really good uh, project. We had um, a lot of a lot of the participants talked about their healing and their emotion. Um, a part of it is uh, eating right, drinking plenty of water. So each one of them did touch bases on the quadrants of the medicine wheel for spirituality, physical, mental, and emotional. So I was really uh, happy about that turnout of that of that uh, art art project that we did. Yeah, it sounds interesting. Uh, using old newspapers, magazine, paper, text. Must have been some pretty interesting creations uh, made there. There was. There was. There was, like, so, for instance, uh, emotional or mental. A lot of them had uh, uh, cut out pictures of cabins and where they want to be at or where they feel they're more at peace at. Um, I've seen a lot of them uh, cut out water, like uh, drinking water, and that was where most of the physical or a diet, healthy diet, and rest in pure water to make sure that your body is able to be a part of that healing process. So, yeah, definitely had a lot of people really emphasize on physical and mental. Uh, I want to hear right now about one more project, several here. We'll we'll talk about these these as we go along the hour, but uh, creating handmade thank you cards. Yes, this was actually, we had this one scheduled for the new year in January. So creating handmade uh, thank you cards to express uh, gratitude throughout the year. So we wanted participants to create handmade uh, thank you cards. Uh, It was a way to express gratitude to someone who you care dearly, who supported you during your healing process. We encouraged them to create 10 different cards. Uh, for this project, we wanted them to reflect on the yellow quadrant. Now, the yellow quadrant of the medicine wheel is spirituality. That means per, um, personal pride, respect, respect, connectness, faith, prayers, purpose, purpose, service, and love. So we asked them to really focus on that. And um, I got, I had a five by seven um, hard pressed uh, water paper. Um, we used different types of watercolor, watercolor uh, paint. Um, we even had markers, people, but we had that hard press because I really wanted them to create a beautiful thank you card and some stencils that we kind of put together for those who can't draw. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was really such a great uh, time for them to sit down and really think about who supported them during that year and um, was able to... To express that at the very end, like, you know, there was individuals that said that uh, they wanted to thank their sister, you know, for, for, for being there, not being so non-judgmental to her and having patience with her, with her healing. So that was, a, that was actually one that we, we created for January. Yeah, that it sounds like a wonderful, wonderful project. Let me turn back to Larry Sespooch. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about the Medicine Wheel or Circle of Life. Um, uh, tell us a little bit more about the uh, what the medicine wheel, I guess, says about us. So you, you say the you know the creator 
gave you the medicine wheel for for what? Creator gave us the medicine wheel to show us how we're all connected. So the medicine wheel itself has four sacred colors. We have the yellow to the east, which represents all the uh, people of yellow color, red to the south, and then the black to the west, and the white to the north. So it encompasses all people, all nations of the world. And in the center of the medicine wheel, where everything crisscrosses, is uh, the Creator. So we all evolve around the Creator. And so um, the medicine wheel is used to explain anything. And so it has stages of life, as we do. So when we enter this life as babies, we come into that first quarter, which would have been the yellow. And uh, we learn uh, discovery and curiosity. And then we become young people and we learn understanding. Then we move on as adults and we gain that knowledge and we start to practice what we, we preach and have learned. And finally, we become elders, so we have that wisdom, and then we begin to teach others. And that's the whole purpose of all of us in this life, is to take care of each other and pass on what we've learned. And uh, regardless of when you leave this life, you go back to the circle that encompasses everything, which is a circle of life, like uh, the Lion King talks about. Uh, We all go back to that place our spirits go back and um, uh, when we're called on to serve another life then we come back and we're reincarnated and live whatever life and uh, so we do have choices when we come into this world again uh, as to what we want to live or how we want to be that person Understand that uh, you know each section represents represents many things, or represents the direction, and each direction has a certain energy. Tell me about that. Exactly. Sure. When we have our ceremonies, we always uh, acknowledge each direction uh, for what energies come from there, and it's not just the Earth itself; it's the whole universe. And so there are certain attributes that come from the earth, but there are so many out in the universe that we call on them from that direction to be with us in the center of the universe, which will be where the Creator will be. And so we call on the east uh, for the sunrise, and that energy from the south we call on uh, new beginnings, and from the west, I always think of the ocean and that big, uh, powerful water. And from the north, it's the cleansing wing of all the snow. And so all of those energies come together to be with us. And the center of the universe is where the Creator will be in our ceremonies. And so that's why you find some um, medicine wheels throughout Indian country uh, one of the better known are um, up in uh, Wyoming, uh, 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 Devil's Peak, uh, they call it. But uh, there's one there that uh, calls in all of those energies when someone is going into uh, fast or uh, have a vision quest there. We have 
several here on our reservation. Uh, ironically, one of them is close to uh, what they're calling uh, uh, Skinwalker Ranch. But uh, that's here for for a reason with our youth people, and we've taken care of that. It's something that you don't play with because it's something that uh, is unknown, and you don't uh, you don't deal with something that you don't know because you don't know what's going to happen. Mm. And just as there's good and bad that come through there, uh, the bad will also um, uh, do things, and uh, as long as you try to do things right, uh, the other side won't bother you. If you just joined us, we are partnering with Debunked on Access Utah today. Debunked dispels myths about the opioid crisis and harm reduction. We're talking with Larry Sespuch. You heard from him right there, a youth filmmaker, storyteller, and spiritual leader, and with Valentina Sarich, uh, who is program coordinator for the Tribal and Rural Opioid Initiative a resource center with USU Extension Roosevelt office. Let me turn back to uh, Valentina Sarich. We're talking about some projects under the general heading of uh, of her art plus heal plus create, creating art for healthy healing uh, overall project. Uh, so the next one uh, up, uh, tell me about this meditative painting. Oh, yes, meditative painting. This is really unique. Um, so it's a unique painting process that transforms and encourages the creative flow and allows our participants to express free artistic expression. So there was no guide, guidelines in terms of what they should paint uh, or what they should, you know, create. Uh, we just wanted them, we just gave them the paper and we just let them go as, as to create that free um, uh, artistic um, expression. So the benefits of this project was uh, we wanted our participants encourage them to clear their minds feel calmer, less stress, and for this project, we reflected on the black quadrant of the medicine wheel, and that is emotion, self, uh, share ourselves, high self-esteem, positive attitude. So this one was actually, uh, and also with the white, white quadrant as well, so that's a lot of the stress reliever, uh, creativity, and um, embracing learning. Um, and thinking. Um, we had some really good projects come out of that, uh, very interesting paintings. I have one that's still in my office right now. It was just so beautiful. Uh, a community member from my end, his name's Robert Colorado, created a beautiful bird um, and with some uh, clouds around that. So he his expression for that was he felt that the project, this project helped him um, work on some of his artistic uh, talents, artistic abilities, his skills, and the bird represented that. So uh, I have that in my office right now. It is so beautiful. Wonderful. Uh, There's another project. uh, This sounds pretty interesting, uh, creating self-care healing boxes. Yeah, this actually, we we did this twice. Uh, By popular demand, I brought it back again. (laughs) It was such a great uh, turnout. So, we wanted our participants to design and create boxes that represent their own ideal of self-care and healing. We encouraged them to bring any type of objects they would like to bring um, that help them through or comfort them through troubling and challenging times. Uh, we wanted them to reflect 
uh, and help them um, have a good feeling on this. A lot of a lot of uh, our participants. Um, now we we encourage uh, other from the other people from the community, non-tribal people too, as well. So we wanted to have this cross-culture uh, art program. So we we invite everyone um, for this particular uh, art heal uh, create uh, healing box. Um, our participants were using the boxes for their smudging. So, like, if they had a sweet grass or cedar that they burned to make them feel better or, you know, release negative energy around them, they were creating that box just for that. And that was, that was brilliant because I end up painting one myself and having that with for my, my um, cedar and my sage. But uh, we had them uh, focus on the white quadrant as well because that's the mental. And then we wanted them to really brace being creativity and, um, and having them understand stress and having them understand how to reduce that um, is also the reasons why we had them do the self-care box. Yeah, that sounds that sounds fascinating. Uh, by the way, Larry Sespuch, are, are you familiar with this? Do you uh, you do this? The what is the smudge box? The uh, burning cedar sage. Yes, um, we do. We have those medicines to help us through many things. Uh, the cedar, of course, we gather from uh, around the country, and we let that dry, and uh, then it becomes flammable. And the sacred smoke itself, uh, smoke is recognized through all religions throughout the world. And so our sacred smoke penetrates all of the layers, the spirit world, as well as our physical world. And, uh, of course, enters into the universe and makes contact with all things. And so that's how the... uh, the uh, sacred smokes are used. Uh, the sweet grass I use for um, human beings because it can change negative to positive. Uh, sometimes you'll find some people are sick, and uh, that helps them get better. Uh, maybe you're feeling down and depressed. Well, you use the sweet grass to help you. And, of course, you're always praying to the Creator all this time. Um, even if you don't know Creator, just using those are, are kind of a pathway for Creator to come and touch you and start to come back into your life. Because uh, we all come into this life knowing the Creator and those um, those special things that come from Him or Her. And uh, this is our way back to them through that sacred smoke. Mm-hmm. Alert says, which we've been talking about uh, the medicine wheel or circle of life or sacred hoop. Um, understand the, the the Nuchu or the Ute people recognize the five layers of the earth as well. Could you tell me about that? Correct. Yeah, we have uh, five layers that we recognize. Uh, those are the sky is the upper world, and you have the eagle, which uh, represents that. You have the middle world, which uh, the... Um, mountain lion is in charge of. And so those would be like the hills and mountains, of course. And then you have the lower world, which uh, is represented by the wolf. And then you have the underworld, which is represented by the weasel. And then you have the um, lowest world, which is uh, represented by the snake. 
So each one of those animals more or less governs uh, those different layers of the earth. And so um, we recognize the whole earth as a being rather than just uh, dirt. Um, Of course, our mother can grow anything, and we come from it. So when our time comes to pass and move on to that spirit world, our relatives will replace it, put us back into Mother Earth, and we become those stones and all the earth, which will rejuvenate and grow things. And uh, But that spirit goes back to that spirit world and will come back again if it's meant to. Let's uh, take another break. Uh, we are talking with Larry Sespuch, uh, Ute filmmaker, storyteller, and spiritual leader, and with Valentina Sarich, who is program coordinator for the Tribal and Rural Opioid Initiative Resource Center with USU Extension Roosevelt Office. More following this. You're listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Uh, today we're partnering with Debunked, which dispels myths about the opioid crisis and harm reduction. Uh, we're, conver- we're, we're in conversation with Valentina Sarich, member of the Ute Tribe and program coordinator for the Tribal and Rural Opioid Initiative Resource Center with USU Extension Roosevelt Office and with Larry Sespuch, who is a Ute filmmaker, storyteller, and spiritual leader. Um, and uh, Debunked was created by the Utah State University Office of Health Equity and Community Engagement and the Tribal and Rural Opioid Initiative, which are housed within the USU M. Eccles Jones College of Education and Human Services, Department of Kinesiology and Health Science, and USU Extension. The program is made possible by SAMHSA, Utah Public Radio, and Community Partners. And uh, we're talking about the Tribal and Rural Opioid Initiative talking about uh, prevention, talking about healing as well. And uh, we've been uh, talking about uh, several art projects that uh, Valentina Sarich uh, created and uh, has uh, developed in the community. Um, The the last one we'll talk about here is uh, creating a family and heritage uh, tree. Tell us about this. Okay, yeah. So this is the one that we're going to actually have this Wednesday. Um, We have it at our community classroom in Roosevelt, Utah. And it starts about 5.30, and we actually end about 7.30, sometimes probably about 7.45 or 8 o'clock. just depends. But this next one that we're going to do this Wednesday is it's an art project that honors, uh, honors those around us who supported us during the struggles of life. And creating a family tree uh, of strength, this is what I'm calling it, family, family tree of strength, will help us identify our family members our history to reinforce that healthy relationship um like larry was talking about where our youth is losing uh where they're not participating in our cultural events or having any type of cultural based activities this is one that really will connect anybody back to their families and we're thinking i'm thinking that i'm even going to bring obituaries of my great-grandfather and my great-grandmother to actually go way back and show my little son this this tree and where he comes from, I think that a lot of uh, a lot of our people, our tribal people, and our uh, our neighbors are. It's important to have that uh, relationship, that healthy relationship with your family, and know where you come from. Um, so the art project will focus on the medicine wheel as, uh, as well, the quadrants of emotional, spiritual, for the guidance of free to feel the connection with your family. So 
We like them to add to draw basic symbols, lines, letters uh, to represent the relationships. And they can bring photos that they like, uh, but however they want to create this, this family uh, heritage tree of strength is, is all up to them. Um, but we'll give them guidance in terms of the quadrant. But this connection to your family and to your, your past, your heritage is so important for us to move forward. Um, and even for the healing process, too, as well. It just reconnects you back to who your family were. So understand that uh, historical and intergenerational trauma remain significant drivers of mental health issues and substance use uh, among indigenous populations. So that's the negative side of it. I guess the positive side of it is connecting, you know, for resilience um, and healing to, to your ancestors. Yes, yes, that is definitely true. Um, so it is the uh, the connection back to your um, to your family is really important for that uh, for that healing, and it, you're also right. And it creates that resilience, and it creates us to come back after the trauma that we've been um, that we have had on you know that has been reflected on us as you know with uh, substance abuse and all the different things that happen around us, and and actually. Uh, people who are going through that, the recovery process, that is the resilience that we really want them to focus on and making making sure that they're able to uh, recover healthy and recover in a way that, like I'm saying, using art for these process. And I'm just happy that we're able to provide this type of uh, uh, opportunities uh, for the communities to have a, have a healthy um healthy activities so yeah I, I i just think that this is one of that's going to be one of the well received well that'll be coming up uh, people can go to that and uh sounds like a great event um larry sespooch i want to talk about uh healing maybe through some other uh, methods i was i was looking at uh through nativeeyes.net and that's the the website for through native eyes productions which is larry sespooch's uh, production company um, a film called Healing the Warrior's Heart. I understand you were one of three, uh, I'm reading here, Larry was one of three profiles uh, telling how veterans use the sweat lodge and other ceremonies to help with post-traumatic uh, uh, stress syndrome. Um, and I, I understand you keep a sweat lodge. Uh, I guess that one of the factors there is, is, is healing. Yes. Uh, yeah, I have a lodge in the backyard here. Uh, we have our ceremonies every other week throughout the year. And uh, we have all kinds of people that come. Uh, I've always been brought up with we're in a time where all human beings need help. And so it's open to anybody who would like to come. It's not a curiosity thing, and I always um, try to um, screen whoever is wanting to come because uh, it's not here for to see what it's all about or anything like that. If you're hurting, you need help, then of course you're welcome. And uh, it's a purifying ceremony where uh, it's very simple. We use uh, wood that heats the rocks and we use fire and we use water uh, to pour on the stones and we use breath. And so those four elements there are uh, unique to to life. Uh, you have to have all of those to be able to exist and survive. 
And so when we go into the lodge, uh, we close the door to uh, the lodge, and it's totally black in there. But it's dark to our eyes, but it's light to the spirit world. And so all of our relatives, regardless of who you are, are in that spirit world. There is no color in that spirit world. And so you you ask your relatives, um, like the first song we call a calling in song, so we think about our relatives on the other side, that we would like for them to be with us during the ceremony, and then you can feel all the spirits start to come in. And uh, we sing songs, or songs are... Um, Sort of like the uh, Close Encounters movie, if you remember that, mm-hmm. where we human beings, we use music to communicate with uh, the ETs. Well, in this case, we have uh, different songs that uh, say the eagles, eagle song. So when we sing the eagle song, the eagle in that spirit world hears its song and says, oh, they're, they're singing for me or they want me. And so it will come and be with us. And a lot of our songs are vocables, where there are no words in particular, or there's no name, but they're vocables that anybody can sing. And so um, when you sing a song with emotion is when you make connection to that spirit world. Anybody can sing the songs, but if you don't have the emotion where you can affect people, make them cry. Uh, you don't make contact with that spirit world, and all you're doing is just um, singing some some notes. And so it's sort of like that. Uh, all of our songs have uh, different notes, and so they're like a telephone number, if you will. And so it makes contact with the spirit world. So we go through uh, four rounds uh, during a ceremony. And each round is dedicated to certain things. The first round is for the unborn. The second is for the young people. The third is for us adults. And lastly, the fourth is for us elders. And um, um, that's the routine of the sweat lodge. Mm. Yeah, thank you for telling us about that. Um, Valentina Sarich, just have a couple minutes left in the program. I want to talk about... Um, you know, talking about uh, people seeking treatment for opioid use, um, several barriers, including stigma and shame. How, how do you combat that? Um, yes, there. Um, so, so the barriers of treatment include the stigma and shame um, in seeking services. Um, so, and a lot, a lack of education in terms of our. Um, the education for evidence-based information on opiate uh, treatment centers. Um, but one thing that, that the reason why the stigma and shame is there is that we still don't understand um, what it means to be an addict. We still have that that mind frame that uh, you're bad, you're no good, you're you know I don't want to talk to you, and you know and that stigma is there. Family has stigmas. Um, I know in my family there was a stigma, and it was for years since we didn't talk to my older sister because of that stigma. And now understanding and and, and having the education and having the information that uh, that, erol- that revolves around recovery, it 
actually is a disease and they're actually wanting help and we're pushing them aside and and they want that support and help. So this is why I really created these these art programs, um, this uh, using art with the medicine wheel to reboot to boost that resilience and also teach families that uh, the the stigma and the shame uh, we shouldn't feel that we should be giving support we should be um, standing there at the forefront with them and being their biggest fans and cheerleaders to to make them be able to uh, to have them understand that they got support uh, unstable homes could actually do a lot of that uh, damage um, and we also talked too that uh, the lack of uh, significant insurance costs too there they have uh, the insurance for treatment is very high in some areas, but sometimes some of the families don't have that money to cover those costs, and it, it's been a burden on the family. Um, finding the treatments and getting the information, the resource information, is also a burden on their families, and that's where we come in. We want to make sure that this process is, is one that we take care of, that one that we let the families know we got this, and we will help you any way that we can. Uh, so tell us briefly here at the end, uh, the next project, uh, Creating Family and Heritage uh, Tree, that's coming up, I think. Yeah, that, that is actually coming up, and I think we talked about it. But mm-hmm. we, it is coming up this Wednesday, uh, and, um, and it's actually, uh, I, did, I think I did mention it. It's, yes. Um, it's an idea of uh, meaning of finding your relatives, and that's how we look at it. So it's actually to make sure that you're connecting with your relatives, but... Uh, mainly, um, uh, overall, these community these community activities address the address uh, the need to maintain resilience in our community and emphasize a cultural connect connectness and a cultural services and part of positive role model role model role model. Sorry, mm-hmm. I just think that it's important that we have these type of and continue to develop these type of programs in our communities. It's important for our youth and for our elders as well to help them through the trauma and, and the recovery that they're also inflicted if, you know, by having some of their family members who are, who are in recovery or who are currently addicts at the time. But moving forward, I think Troy will continue to provide the cultural-centered uh, health and wellness, health, health, well-being, education for their for tribal and rural communities. I'm sorry, but I just think that that's important for us. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Well, uh, we reached the end of our conversation. We're partnering today with Debunked on our conversation. We're talking with, uh, have been talking with Valentina Sarich, uh, who is uh, Program Coordinator for the Tribal and Rural Opioid Initiative Resource Center with USU Extension Roosevelt Office. Valentina Sarich, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Um, and also, uh, part of those uh, community projects that we have, we also create the summit. We're also having a summit in June 20th to the 22nd to the 24th, and this will be held in Vernal. And it's the 2022 tri- Intertribal Opiate Wellness Summit. So if you have any questions on it, yep, feel free to give me a call, and oh. we can fill you in on the information on that. Okay, great. Summit's coming up. Uh, and we've been talking with Larry Sespooch, uh, youth filmmaker, storyteller, and spiritual leader. Thank you to you. Yeah, aho. And the Quayak, thank you for being with you, uh, being with you today, and uh, wish well for everyone. Thank you. And thanks, everyone, for listening to Access Utah. <laughs>